This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the platinum dune to spread out, partitioned, cardboard-backed, completely foam-enclosured, acrylic, wet-washed, malnutrished, and super delish, Justin Waddell. What's up, sir? How are you? Man, I just downed two almonds, Nick. Two. Did it get you there? Got two of them down there. I like eating two. Okay. Just saying. I'm just going to call you Brute from now on. <laughs> yeah, you had a big old day. You called me. You were bragging about your day, but you actually had a bit of news to tell me. Quite of a shock. Asked yeah, me if I, I was sitting down. I had to make sure he was sitting down when I told him because, uh, as it turns out, the old mathematician here accidentally forgot to add a number. And so I released two episodes in a row that were numbered 139. If you haven't had the wool pulled over you enough as an American citizen, we too are going to join that movement. So when you finally get to episode 150, Geronimo, it's actually going to be episode 151. Oh my God. So we made a commitment to do Jason Patrick movies uh, every 50, right? So what I'm thinking about doing is this is what you're thinking about doing phantom menace attack of the clones geronimo, geronimo and then revenge of the and, sith yeah revenge of the sith <laughs> that would it would probably be lead to an outcry i imagine i think i think that's exactly how it'll have to be either that or or or, or the revenge of the sith podcast will be 149b we'll make it a two-parter that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So how you was know, your day otherwise? You, no, it's fine. You, you tell me about it. I saw Shang-Chi. That's it. And you, and you recommend, right? Oh, 100%. They Aquafina all, in that? No, they had Dasani in that one. I'm so good. Hey, by the way. Mm-hmm. Aquafina, you got it. Yeah, you're showing me. You're drinking, drinking it right it, now. Drinking it. I have a little coffee myself. Yeah, no, it was good. It was very good. I stayed through all 15 stingers. Yeah. Any good stingers? Yeah, I, I can't believe. First of all, yeah, there's they're not as... They're not super dense or anything like that, but they're pretty good. And then for some reason, the last stinger is just that scene from Cliffhanger where the old guy is in the in the helicopter smiling while this woman is dying by mistake. Like the actor, he's he's in terror, but he looks like he's smiling. <laughs> is that at the very why. beginning? I think so, yeah. I don't know why. Is that when care. Stallone's sister falls to her death? Is it her si- his sister? It's Michael Rooker's girl. It's his girlfriend, but is it Stallone's sister? Yeah, Stallone can't hang on, and she drops like a fucking rock and all the way down and they don't show they don't show what happens at the when she gets down there do you know what happens the empty man (laughs) we should do cliffhanger sometime that's a fun movie what else has happened with you you're not you're not traveling not this week no i mean i was i went to chattanooga yesterday but 
No, I'll be uh, play play golf out there. Yeah, play golf on the side of a mountain. It was amazing. I saw you in the flesh this weekend. A little poker game at the house. It was nice seeing you. Went into the wee hours. We didn't play the shooting game though. It's too late. Yeah. What about you? I overbooked myself work wise, so messed myself up. What's on your hat? I don't know. I got it at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. Some kind of there's a bear on my hat. It looks mm. almost like a hunting hat. It's not. It said it looks almost like one. It's not. What does it say? It said I ate two almonds. That's what it says underneath the bear. <laughs> I don't know what it says. I can't. I can't. You want me to take it off and look? Yeah, read it. I mean, make sure, let's make sure we're all on the up and up. It says the North Face. Okay, so yeah, I've got I've got some of their stuff with the bear on it too. Okay, good. You do, huh? Twinsies. By the way, the uh, that name kills me because I was thinking, it, mm. what a waste of a cool name! Like, what a, that would be like a great name for a horror film or something, you know? I know what you think of every time you read the North Face. What's that? Peter North. <laughs> no, I don't. And that think... special face that he likes to uh, pull at certain moments how, in his life. How can you see that face from five miles across the room? <laughs> Old Petey North. He's got to be, you know, uh, obviously the famous porn star, male porn star, Peter North, has to be in his 60s, I imagine. What's what's he known for, Justin? He's known for porn. No. What's he known for? Looking, I don't know, rough and tumble? He ejaculates across rooms. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's his his thing. Like He could ejaculate Mm. for like 10 feet. I just, he took the best porn name. That's what I know him for. He went with it. That's a name. That's quite a name. Has there been better? They don't get the creativity women do typically. It's not maybe quite as many, but there probably is actually. There has to be almost an equal amount just by law. Mm, there's like gay gay porn actors, I guess, and I, I just yeah, I, I haven't heard I haven't heard a contender. It's the only industry I could think of where the women are paid appropriately and the men aren't. I imagine that uh, a lot of the people that make the most money in that industry are men. Are men? Are men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, Jack, men. the Jack Horners of the world. Jack Horner. That's a Burt Reynolds character from Boogie Nights. I couldn't place it. Burt Reynolds, I RIP, I think three years today I saw. I I'm think not, that's true. Don't miss him. Another person, uh, actor, passed away today that was quite sad. Danny Masterson. I mean, we, we we always made Halo names. You know, we had some pretty creative Halo names. Very easily could have been just a collection of porn names. It's true. Is there any that uh, if you were held at gunpoint to come up with a cool porn name, what would you come up with there? If I was held at gunpoint and they said, come up with a porn name for yourself, like for yeah, me? Yeah. You asked two questions. You were you were trying to dip back into our old Halo names, but you just want us to come up with an original name. Well, I was saying, we've, we've shown an aptitude for coming up with fun names. So mm-hmm. perhaps there's a... One of your names back in the day, I believe it's your name, was Man Candles. That was which you. Which I don't... Was that me? Yeah. Just... That's not a bad porn actor name, is it? <laughs> Man candles. How do you not remember your own name? <laughs> How did it? Well, it's been a while. It's coming back, and, December, baby. And, we'll be back at it. And you, uh, I mean, I think you could have. You have the perfect male porn star name. Which one? El DeBarge Junior. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking about that one. <laughs> of course, it's, it's probably the greatest Halo name of all time, or one of them at least. <laughs> it's top. It's top five. <laughs> I think some Jedi, there's a, we should go through this. We'll we'll kind of bookmark this, but as we go through the Jedi names in this, I think Jedi names could easily slip slip into porn star names. Yeah, yeah Star Wars names in general. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, we're All getting right. off subject. We're getting off subject. Yeah, I mean, we're leading into this film. Obviously, the reason you guys have clicked and why, why you're all Patreon supporters and all that is because it's the uh, it's the movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film through unit. Tri- 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> we watched the film Fourth in a Basket under a unitard, surveying the Antarctic shelf, looking for something geometric in shape and size. Sift through the, the skip side of this of the world and make it count while we're watching a movie. And then we glimpse it through the paper-thin scrotum eyes of America, see where it makes or break, <laughs> share it with the likes of you. So if you're talking about <laughs> Cold Creek Manor, <laughs> talk about the scene where D. Quaid and S. Dorf put an old tourniquet on their skirmish so they could sit by the fireside and just completely rave about dreamscape. <laughs> How about the little moments? <laughs> Cold Creek Manor. Is that one you added to your collection back in the day? You couldn't wait to get that on DVD? I don't think I've ever seen it. And it doesn't it have a director that's like kind of surprising. It's yeah. Kind of a good director. Yeah. It's, some, it's an art film guy. Yeah. 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 It's the guy that did Time Code. Is it the same guy? Oh, Figgis? Is it Figgis? I love Figgis. That's probably right. Let me go look it up. Because if I'm right, I have a lot to answer for. <laughs> and you can tell me who he was dating. 2003. It came out a year after the film we're talking about today. I think it is Figgis. It is Figgis, yeah. Well, I know that he's with that actress um, from Deep Blue Sea for yeah, a long time. Saffron, who then is a lesbian. Saf- Saffron Burroughs. They're not together anymore, Yeah, huh? she's with a woman now. You need to properly prepare me. For this bit of news. <laughs> um, a great name, Mike Figgis. I like that name. Uh, can you just skip over the great name that is Saffron Burroughs? They're both great. They they both sound like hobbits. You know what I'm saying? They both sound like they yeah. they, they could live in L-O-T-R world. Yeah. Is Figgis still killing it out there? Is he? How's his COVID he's, been? He looks like, like he smells weird. By the way, I did nail it. She is burrowing all right. She's married to this dame. My God, he's directing a Bruce Wagner film. Remember Bruce Wagner? Oh my God, he's 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 still directing. He's directing a Bruce Wagner film. Do you remember that guy? Who? Bruce Wagner. I, I haven't. Should I know him? He did. What did he write? Like he wrote. Yeah, Mike Figgis looks like a looks like a Hobbit Am or Peter Jackson. I thought he wrote Wild Palms back in the day, like this TV show. Oh, that's him. He wrote this <laughs> this weird like TV show that was kind of like inspired by Twin Peaks. I think back in the day, Bruce Wagner sounds like a, a you know messed around with Batman's name a little bit. Think about Bruce Payne from Passenger Fifty Seven. No, I know Bruce Payne. He was the high, he was the warlock later, right? Wasn't he? Julian Sands. Yeah, but later he was the warlock after Julian Sands. That ain't coming back. To do another Warlock movie? Are you fucking crazy? I, I think I like the fact that you think I'm the kind of person that would stoop low enough to know who the replacement Warlock is. <laughs> the fact that you don't know shocks me. <laughs> I'm right about this. Bruce I'm Wayne, sure. he, stepped, he stepped into the Warlock franchise. Uh, can you stop calling him Bruce Wayne? What'd I say? Bruce Payne. Speaking of, that's my porn name. <laughs> So uh, let's hear your relationship to Attack of the Colones. Hated it. Man, I was mad when I saw this movie. I was looking for a little Phantom Menace. You know, I was looking to put that behind me, get to some real Star Wars with a grown-up Anakin. I did not like this movie when it came out. I don't know if I've seen it much since then. Maybe once. I remember but, the, um, the ever, ever since the announcement of the title, I was pissed. Because the name sounded like a third grader came up with it. And, you know, I remember... You know, everybody had like lobbied hard for for Jar Jar not to be in the movie, and then like his one his couple scenes in this. There's one scene where Padme just like shushes him. Should you be off to work now? Yeah, and it, and it's like it felt like you know Lucas was like almost angrily responding to the fans, which he was doing exactly what he was doing, and so it just felt like and it felt like a clumsy movie. But I gotta say, it improved. 
for me. And maybe that's because I've seen bits of the mythology kind of be molded by other people and other a little bit of the Clone Wars, Mandalorian, all that stuff. So maybe that's really helped this movie. It probably has for sure. I ended up joining it this time. What about you? So, something tells me you're not going to come out of Revenge of the Sith feeling that way. Is this so I can't. Uh, that's another thing is I can't really remember. Yeah, you know, I remember the memes. That's it. Like, I remember what people make fun of. Aside from that, I don't like I remember. And then, of course, I remember something that's close, near and dear to us that no one cares about is Watt Tambor dying. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in the being in the theater, being sad that his character was on the chopping block. And his yeah. character in this film has a max amount of screen time of 20 seconds. Still, you've, you're the one that I don't even know if I would have ever cared about this character or even paid attention. You made such a huge deal about how great he is. I did. And then I went back. I guess I saw this movie twice in the theater somehow. And I went the second time through. I could, couldn't believe that you were so right. <laughs> and I had, I had missed a legend. Um, I don't think Lucas was going for uproarious laughter with that moment, but he got it. I was in the theater giddy. which It's which definitely was, a fun moment on purpose. You know, like, I think it's not. I don't think so. Not, I don't think so. They're having a bit of fun. I, think. I don't. I, I really don't think so. Not looking for laughs, maybe, but it's cute. Anyway, what, how about you? You know what's what funny you? is that, that is the second cutest sound effect in this movie, just just as a teaser. Well, There's, you have to describe Watt Tambor real quick for people who have no idea. So Watt Tambor is one of the guys in the Geonosian Committee of Baddies who has the uh, a weird head. He's in like a, a metal uh, part robot. You think he's being kept alive by the circuitry and stuff. So he has this little dial that helps get his voice in there. So there's a scene where he's con- conversing with the Nemaudians, the Geonosians, and he's saying, as, as he's adjusting his voice. He's got he has to tune in his voice. He, it's, he's like a DJ. He's like a DJ getting his fucking beat in. Yeah, he actually starts off like, very lucid very clear and then he has to then he then he goes yeah. into what nick does and then he has to tune it himself back in which is an incredible thing and and it is kind of i guess a precursor to darth vader right like i mean i don't think darth vader ever had it i'm not sure i uh, yeah i haven't seen the you know tr- the trilogy since we did it last so does he ever dial in his voice darth vader in those movies he doesn't Does he ever slap his chest plate <laughs> Well, he does that. Yeah, the technology between Attack of the Clones and Empire has gotten to the point where that thing on his chest is just an EQ. Everybody thinks it's yeah. life support and all that. No, he's just, he's like, well, I, I, I'm going to go for Dolby this Wednesday, you know? So his voice is booming from his ass and his face. I wonder if anybody's ever cosplays. I, I mean, it's a dumb question to ask because I, I, was, I was looking for obscure characters in this and somebody cosplayed the, the waitress from the 50s diner in this. <laughs> and so I imagine somebody's cosplayed old Watt Tambor before. I mean, they had an action figure for him, which which I own, which you bought me, maybe? I think so. I wonder, I wonder if there's any other, like, what would be the best cosplay? From this? From Yeah, from this movie. What, what is, was there anything nobody's done? Do you think someone's cosplayed as C.O. Bibble? <laughs> oh, I could dream. <laughs> you could almost pull it off if you, you have to... Get out the, um, you have to whiten your hair, but you could do it. What about uh, Je- Dexter Jetster? You know what we could do? Because isn't Dragon Con this weekend in Atlanta? I think it was. Next year, we'll bookmark it. You and I will we'll, we'll get like um, two sleeping bags and we'll zip ourselves all the way up. Go to Dragon Con and we'll cosplay as those poisonous cohoons, those worms that invade Padme's, Padme's room. Only if we could reuse that co- that costume for Prophecy Con. <laughs> I went out and looked up those worm worm names. That's the good thing about Star Wars. Everything's named. Not one thing is not named. You know what I'm saying? 
Every robot, every character. I'm sorry. Every I'm sorry. The droids are characters. Anyways, let's. What's your relationship? Did you? I mean, it I've was, been going I was, on and on. Obviously, I was covering it and heavily involved in sharing every every daily news bit on it and slowly building up sadness and venom because of it. But yeah, I was very disappointed. I thought, it, you know, it's one of those other things. Star Wars, the magic of Star Wars. You know, I saw the movie and I was like, finally, it's something better than Phantom Menace. And then shortly after, I realized. I like Phantom Menace a lot more. How about now? We may come across some revelations uh, through this experience that help determine. A little bit of a spoiler right when I fired this up on Disney Plus, by the way. What's that? Underscoring one of the, maybe the best character in here. They have a little warning up front that says contains tobacco depictions. Didn't say anything about beheadings or violence or anything, but they <laughs> contains tobacco depictions. Yeah, aliens you know what they're talking about. right? No, yeah, it's a character that shows up and offer he offers Obi-Wan at a bar. Uh, death sticks which is a must like a, a, a scene from this is often made fun of because it's kind of lame and and his character is a dumb name but that character is played by the guy that played mouse in the matrix did you realize this i did not remember mouse in the matrix the guy that vaguely he's the one that like was obsessed with that woman in the red dress he was like that nerdy the nerdy character that wasn't in the original was it yeah the first matrix you don't remember his character no and luckily we're not doing that film for a long time i got a little nostalgic for that film recently do you remember how the last film ended people i don't there's a there's a the ceo bibble's handing off a, a, a <laughs> spherical metal or i guess it's pat padme or yeah Matt padme did to jar jar right is that how it ends i don't think we she just ends. watched it <laughs> no no she she's given the medal to uh boss nass that's right. That's how it ends. <laughs> it's incredible. Obviously, what's happened since then is our our queen, Amidala, is no longer queen. She's a senator now. Palpatine has gained more control through his means. It's 10 years later. Anakin and Obi-Wan have apparently been through a ton of adventures together. Jedi de- Jedis are depowered. They're, they're kind of losing influence. They're losing their attachment to the Force a little bit. They're weaker than normal. Yeah, so things things are weird. And instantly, the decoy uh, that we liked so much in the previous film takes the loss right away. First thing that happens. No Kira Knightley this time. Well, a man can dream. She blows yes. up. So yeah, it uh, looks like Padme, she lands and blows up with her crew. You're like, oh shit, they killed Natalie Portman immediately? No, but you forgot. She has a penchant for decoys. Right. She loves them decoys. And she's actually been piloting R2 around. Like she she flew in with R2 dressed as some kind of, I guess, fighter pilot. And then she runs to her her fallen handmaiden, de- decoy maiden and says, what the f- I can't. I, how is this possible? And it's her name's Cordy or something. And she core dies like she's done. You know, she <laughs> she she loves to give her life for Senator Padme. And she does. That's, that's her job. Right. And she's got another sort of decoy slash confidant played by the illustrious and delightful rose burn in this movie yeah who gets a i believe she gets to cry some cgi tears in this i don't think they're real let me zoom in her brother is a fantastic photographer who you should follow on instagram really yep rose burn's brother george david um george we, burn, his name is george burn yeah <laughs> okay the joke no it's it's very oh. minimalist Minimalist photography, but it's really, really nice. Why do you Why do you know him? Why do you follow him? It's the, it's the bounty from one rabbit hole adventure or another. Give me, Pro- give me to this decision. Get me here. Give me. I know here. I follow her, so it's probably take me, take scamming me her. Decision. Take me through it. Walk me. Walk me through she it. She probably recommended him on one of her posts, and I was 
you know, I was trying to get some side boob and I lucked into George Byrne. And that's, is he an amateur photographer? Is that what he does for a living? Oh my God. That's a great question. I, I think, I think if you were to ask him, you'd get a different answer. Let me make sure I'm not talking 70% out of my ass. He's uh verified. Is he? He looks a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's a pro. Now are they twins? Like what's going on? What a delight. What a great actress can do Did, it all. Didn't realize how funny she could be until much more recently. I think she's best known for Wicker Park. Am I wrong? Married to Bobby Cannaval. Oh how do you say God, his name? That's embarrassing. What a bad choice. I like him. No. Also a bit of a, a guy that can kind of do it all, I'd say. He, he can't even do one thing. Best known for the station agent. I wish. Anyway, you don't follow him, I imagine, on Instagram after all the heat you're throwing his way. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're also introduced to a legend. In this early scene, okay. Captain Typho. I know your replacement character. Hugh Corshi and, and Captain Panaka are out. <laughs> Captain Typho is in. And let me tell Captain you, Typho. Captain Typho on his best behavior through this film. He got that same Odin eye patch, you know, chilling uh, that you that you know comes up in the Thor movies a lot right. with uh, Anthony yeah. Hopkins. What do you think of that eye patch? Fantastic. It looks uh, kind of cool on him. They were actually going to release a Star Wars story, one of those movies, based on how he lost the eye. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then they realized that they actually wrote Typo, and they just were sending it back to the editing department. So it's no biggie. Captain Typho. So he's there, and he's calling the shots for Padme. He's kind of like, you got Obi-Wan on one side that's that's kind of in charge of Anakin, uh, his kind of well-being, and you and you got Captain Typho looking out for Padme. Basically, he um, just defers to Obi-Wan, though, and everything. He does, or he defers to Padme, where Obi-Wan's just bitter and mad all the time at Anakin. They bicker a lot. They they do. They they do quite a bit. It's, it's really difficult because George Lucas is a dogfuck writer and, and constantly feels the need to add three or four words to the end of a lot of sentences. If you went through and did just an edit of a dialogue edit on this movie, it would be two points better. So we don't need him to say my young Padawan learner after every statement. May I borrow the mashed potatoes, my young Padawan learner? Are you finished eating out that society girl, my young Padawan learner? <laughs> May I borrow the potatoes? <laughs> Padawan, is that something that you say was invented for this series of films? I'm sure. Padawan. Anyway, so... John Sales' he, first movie. <laughs> it's his second movie. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of Padawan, more like Mate Juan, whenever, um, just to bring it back. Yeah, or Obi-Wan. Whenever he, when he sees Padme. Yeah. This is the first film where a Star Wars character busts a nut. Am I not? Am I right? I mean, Luke had a lot of downtime before he launched into space. Yeah, but we get saying. like we get to, we get to see. It. I mean, a baby gets built in this movie, at least one. Yeah, I think they get married first. You think they have sex before the marriage? Here's the thing, okay? So we go from Jake Lloyd, who was what six in the last film, pretty young, to Hayden Christensen, who's probably twenty or something in this, a little older, and he has been itching for ten years through puberty to get back in the presence of one Queen Padme, now Senator Padme. And he cannot wait to size her up. His tongue is out when he sees her licking his chops. And uh, and Padme is, she's like, well, you know, I, hey, it's great to see you. You were a child back then. I don't have the same kind of 
lustful longings for you for at least 10 more minutes of the movie. You know, <laughs> he's like, I've been dreaming about everything. I've been dreaming about you nonstop. I can't get I can't get my drift on without you in my mind. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's embarrassing. Like the 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 the, the dialogue here between those two characters is obviously a, a kind of a sore point for Star Wars fans. And it's certainly you know, Anakin. Whew, he got no game. You know, that's the thing. He got no game. He just lays it all out there and it's actually horrible a lot of the times. Padme, like, what's she how does she what does she have to judge it against? You know, some 12 year old she brings up later. It's the only other suitor that she's had. So she's like, This is sounds good. I mean, it's fine. You know, it reminds Anakin. me of a film we did recently, Revenge of the Nerds. You know, like just the the game that they had. Right. Anakin's a fucking nerd. He is a nerd. He's a very intense person you know and hayden christensen that's that's how he plays it he plays it intense like there's a couple moments where you're like i i wonder if they would have made the movie where anakin's like super likable and you really like care you're like oh man he's great what a hero and then he does the crazy shit but from this one like he's kind of like the complaint that jack nicholson gets in the shining except he's <laughs> charismatic no- as hell in that movie and hey jack nicholson yeah no, that's what I'm saying. But like, you know, Stephen King always said that, you know, there's no turning point. He always just Jack Nicholson looks like he's already crazy where Anakin looks like he's already embraced the dark side at this point. He's cranky, man. But everybody knows this because these films didn't need to exist. So <laughs> but people want Padme dead as fuck. So what they've done is they want to assassinate. Yeah. So they've hired a bounty hunter, Django Fett, who, spoiler alert, is uh, Boba Fett's father. There's a sequence where. This is very weird because they need an action scene early on in the movie. Mm. They, they need one. It's required. So they have a scene where Django Fed, who is a very functioning bounty hunter, decides to hire another bounty hunter to do his work for him. Good old Zam Wessel. And sends Zam Wessel out to poison or have these, uh, these, these caterpillars you were talking about, worms, poison Padme. And Zam Wessel doesn't do it. She like sends droids out. She to put the, exactly. She he the, hires her. She hires a droid that flies in and carves the window. Does really the hard lifting in that entire sequence. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if she hires the droid. She, I'm thinking, zoom in. She might own those droids. <laughs> she she got borrowed the potato droid. <laughs> so um, no, but that's right. There's a lot of things happening here. A lot of passing the buck, and what happened to these two? You know they. Since this assassination attempt happened, Obi-Wan and Anakin, of course, have been in charge of um, safeguarding Padme. And they're like, they're like, you know, and Obi-Wan's happy just to just to chill for a few days. Like he like he wants to put his feet up, watch TV. He, uh, he thinks it's gonna be for a couple of days. <laughs> he, wa- <laughs> he wants to just chill lax and take it easy. And Anakin's on, he's like, We gotta protect her. And they're fighting the whole time. Anyway, as they're fighting, the, this assassination attempt is taking no, place. No, but what's great row. is Anakin reassures Obi-Wan that she's perfectly safe in there. Because he makes a point to say, I can sense everything in that room. Creepy. Mm-hmm. I know, it is creepy. And then R2's in there, too. He put They put R2 in there, who, and he's like scanning constantly scanning the room with his yeah, blue light. But it's it was so strange in this, this 4K... You could see his crotch start to vibrate when he says they could sense everything in the room. It starts to his loins start to go a flutter. I could see I could sense everything in that room. Hold on a second. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry, she was bending out. And we we missed the Jar Jar's introduction here. Like, remember whenever they first Anakin first meets Padme, he's all bummed out. <laughs> he's all bummed out because she doesn't really she isn't as excited to see him as he is uh, to see her. And then he just rips his soul open to Jar Jar. <laughs> 
She, she hardly she, even recognized me, George. So he's like all bummed out. And then, of course, Obi-Wan's coming through with like, you're focusing on the negative, Anakin. <laughs> Try to do my Obi-Wan earlier. Be mindful of your thoughts. Everything that Anakin kind of complains about, Obi-Wan always has to kind of hit it back, volley it back. We, we go to this room and like Anakin says, I can sense, like you said, I sense anything, everything that's happening. When you, meanwhile, these worms are Already about there. to stick their daggers, their, their, I don't know, their bodies are going to Padme's ears. I don't know what happens with these. They don't. And the worms are kind of smart, right? They're kind of hiding from R2 scans and everything. Mm-hmm. And so Anakin goes, he says something like, um, what did he say? I sense something. And then Obi-Wan quickly is like, I do too. Like he just wants to like <laughs> prove that he's just as like powerful or as it just cracks me up. Oh, I, I, love I sense it. it too. Yeah. And he slices them off her body with his lightsaber. It's kind of, it's yeah. kind of great. Although it is treacherous. Yeah. You know, oops, it goes both of her buddies. You know what he's going to try to do probably is slice through them robes a little bit as well. Oops, oops, Padme, I'm sorry. I hit the, yeah. the little robe clasp. My fault. <laughs> Meanwhile, and then Obi-Wan's Kenobi like, I does can do the... that too. And he pulls her panties out with his sword. <laughs> Kenobi doesn't even get a like a lightsaber in edgewise in that scene. He's just standing at the door, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, out of breath from one of them running from one room to the next. You know? So what happens is they then look and see that this droid yeah, everyone was... does something crazy here. No, he j- there's a droid peeking through the window that this, you know, dispatch these worms and he jumps out and, and basically catches it. And it, as it goes back to its master, right. And he's just hanging off this droid as it's flying through the city. Yeah. He hitchhiked, I guess it's hitching the worst ride. Yeah. And then it leads to a very like, you know, Lucas showing off CGI scene. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's a, uh, you know, people jumping from, Hundreds of feet from being caught by vehicles, lots of banter, you know, yeah. back and forth. And there's a very Blade Runner element to the way that the cityscape is done and, and the, the the way that the city's levels are done. And this is an example of Lucas really going fucking crazy because there are millions of vehicles moving around during the scene. Everywhere. Right. Everywhere you look, there's just Heavy millions traffic. of people. Yet everybody in these films overlap. There are so many characters that they could be doing, yet everybody, they just focus on the same nine. Crazy. You hear the word hoodoo exclaimed here by, by a, one of the... Is it a Sebulba again? They, they're not liking it. They're ripping Jedis. Maybe maybe hoodoo to the Jedi. I don't know. I but think they... we see an aristocratic Doug, which is the species Sebulba is. Okay. I think he says hoodoo. Meanwhile, and, you know, Anakin, he launched on his little speeder or whatever, his flying. What is that thing? You, you probably know the name of it. Sort of like a land speeder, but. And he's he he's going, he's, you know, Obi-Wan's going. They're both trying to chase down this bounty hunter who dispatched these worms. Then Obi-Wan gets <laughs> shot out of the sky by the bounty hunter, which is a pretty good shot by Zem. Takes out her own droid and he falls to his death. He dies. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how they have they, they they have this forced banter between Anakin and Obi Wan. What took you so long? I couldn't find one that I liked, you know. And it's they're trying to lighten Anakin's persona, make him interesting. It just doesn't fly off. Well, that's the thing. That's why it's so weird because they do it at a couple moments, and they allude to him being kind of a bad but powerful, uh, you know, apprentice or to to Obi Wan, and and it's supposed to be comical, like you know he's like messed up in the past he's caused all this damage you know there's only a few scenes like that most of it is he's just dour and sad and very serious but i mean kind of worked for me this time around a little bit i don't love christensen but it worked a little bit more for me this time for some reason this chase goes on and on and on they 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 follow uh zam wessel into a, can- a cantina of some sort and they've just you know they've deduced that she is a 
uh, changeling, a Camaro, yeah, changeling or whatever, and also a woman, which is great. You notice that we get two cameos in that bar sequence that we don't need. Anthony Daniels and um, I'm at best, yeah, playing them as themselves, like not not in makeup, right? Right. Well, I don't think they were playing themselves. Yeah, they were acting as as space characters. And then, of course, Django Fett finally decides to do some work, literally from across the city. I guess he somehow knows she's about to give away his identity because that's the exact moment he fires a poison dart into her body. Yeah, the Jedi are interrogating her. They lightsaber. I think I believe they cut her hand off. I think either I think Obi Wan or Anakin. Yeah, he, he does. A, he does a call back to well, a call forward to New Hope. <laughs> a call forward to later on in this movie as well, <laughs> which I did not remember. And so she's sitting there, uh, certainly beaten, certainly bruised, and then certainly dead as she tries to answer their question: "Is who hired you?" She doesn't get to answer. Yeah, I would have liked to, her, that character to live on. Imagine having one of them in your ranks. You get that changeling in your biz, you know, you can send her over to the, like to the, to the Dairy Queen, have her look like the CEO of Dairy Queen, you know, loaded. Sure. I want three Mr. Misty's for on the house. What do you think of Obi-Wan falling for about two minutes before he, to his death, before he, Anakin picks him up in his little flying speeder? You think he shit his pants? Like, that's a long fall. Yeah. He was, he was dropping quite a long time do you think he was do you think he was pissing and shitting on the way down i mean i know he's a jedi and he's a badass but that's a scary moment his life was flashing before his eyes and then he decided to well what would my name be if i was a recluse ben and then he was caught <laughs> they re- we realize now that padme is they're never going to stop trying to kick her ass that's a problem for yeah. sure and so the jedi council which is sans yaddle in this film which is very embarrassing Decides. It's incredible. It's incredible, by the way. So they they talk to the Jedi Council, who are always sitting, right? They're always in these. these Except when Yoda's on a hover chair chatting with Mace Windu. Yeah, later, right? Like they're floating. Yeah, but um, or he's floating. But um, Yoda's action figure from this came with that chair. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm sure they had a fighting Yoda figure too, but the one I had because I think I bought it because I always liked Yoda, his figures. It came with that blue and red chair. You'd really need, yeah. You know, hey, kids, don't, don't you remember when uh, the Jedi were sitting? Don't you love it when they were sitting in action figure? Here, yeah, let's help. Let's help you out. We're gonna give you the plastic chair. Yoda's like, Jesus, man, this is fucking crazy. We got to uh, send you. Uh, we're gonna split you guys up. Obi Wan, you investigate. You know this toxic dart lead, and then Anakin, you go back to Naboo with uh, the hottie, this young thing, and protect her there. And they're like, all right. I thought it was weird when Yoda said "protect her" with air quotes. Yeah, it sends. The- Anakin doesn't do the best job, I'd say, on his assignment. I think I think um, Obi Wan fares a little bit better on his. Sort of, yeah. Anakin is talking to Padme while they're getting prepared, mm-hmm. and he goes on and on and on, just whining and whining and whining to her. He She's trying to get dressed. She's trying to get her shit together, and he's just fuck this. Obi Wan is just a prick. He's cock blocking me. He's doing all this crazy shit doesn't believe in me he's always yeah he's just he's really like and you know and and hayden christensen has like this kind of like new york accent like he, you know what i'm saying you know what i'm talking yeah. about he's kind of got like a weird yeah. accent in this and he's canadian right like isn't he a canadian actor i don't care uh and then Padme tries to throw a truth bomb at him says look you shouldn't try to grow up too fast and yeah. he's like but i am grown up <laughs> he said he says that and i i think what she, he was her interpretation yeah. was, well, yes, he's a mature individual, but his interpretation, I think, was Ms. D is ready. I grew up in all the right places. 
don't you worry, Padme. She, uh, to, to, her, to be honest, she's interested. Like she, she's intrigued. She gets a little annoyed. She tells him, don't look at me like that. Like she, you know, cause he's like, she says it makes her uncomfortable. And then he kind of looks at her even more uncomfortably. And she does like it. Honestly, she doesn't like it yet. She doesn't. But then she, then he, when he, she certainly starts to get hard when he kills like a whole village of people. That's what I was saying. Like she is on the fence about him until he slaughters women and children, sand people. And she's like, you know what? This somehow I got some tingles. Like, I didn't realize I, my jingles. I didn't realize this is what I was into, but Whew. she's like, now if you could find a way to combine that with the younglings, I'm gonna be wet as night. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um yeah, because like you said, Anakin's saying that Obi-Wan's overly critical. He never listens, it's not fair. Like he's kind of like you're saying, he's whining. But they're really both scared to kind of they're nervous to go off on their own, right? They're both they're kind of nervous to, to depart to Naboo. And then they say, uh, Padme says, don't worry, we have R2 with us. And they start laughing, which is just such a slam to R2. You know, I mean, that is, R2 is a is a boss in this. Yeah. And somehow has the power of flight, which I thought was unnecessary. Oil squirting and burning and... Uh... That's kind of a weird. There's a couple weird things going on with the robots that I'm sure everybody's pointed out. But the robots suck in these movies. They're they're really bad. This this ruined three PO for me. This this series because three PO I yeah, loved. Three PO has some really groaners in the like really uh, some one liners in this that just, that just hit one after the next and it's pretty bad. But what I don't understand about the droids in this when Anakin goes back to Tatooine and visits old Uncle Lars and all those. Three PO's there, still working with Shmi, you know, whatever she brought him there. And then, then later R two shows up. Later, doesn't Owen buy the droids in A New Hope? Like he doesn't recognize them. Yeah. So he just they're just forgettable droids or what? Yeah. Well, and it, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's, people that's, pointed that, this out. That right? is stepfather like, Lars, by the way. I know, but Owen's Owen and Brew are there. Right there, I guess that's his, yeah, stepbrother. Oh, you're talking about Klieg Lars, right? Yeah, who is in a wheelchair and is quite zippy in that thing. I don't really, there's no wheels to be found. He says he, yeah, we'll talk about him. I got, I got a bone to pick with old Klieg Lars. Okay, we'll get there. Obi Wan, however, is now on the case of this poison dart, so he gets to go to a 50 style diner to hook up with. <laughs> Dexter Jetster, who you like, who I do like now. I, I really can't believe I like him, but I do. I like him now, even though there's it's unnecessary for him to have to pull up his his pants. It's like butt mm-hmm. crack is hanging out. He has to pull his pants up with his third arm. I like him. I like his performance. I like the yeah, I like him, too. Work. It doesn't look bad. And he's got like a he's got like a T-shirt with a hole in it. Like, you know, like a cook would. Yeah, he's 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 Obi-Wan's ear to the ground. He knows where that toxic dark came from. What do you know? <laughs> and um, Obi's like, great. He has some Jawa juice, whatever they're serving up there. Yep. It's supposed to be coffee. And there's that waitress there. I looked up her name. She, of course, has a name, Nick. Of course. Hermione Bagua. There's another robotic, like, droid waitress there. That's the one I like. WA7. That's that. And apparently, they duel for mastery of the dining room, those two, <laughs> according to a Star Wars book. Some poor intern. You think they had to come up with some like, hey, can you come up with some uh, bullshit about the waitresses in the, the 50s diner? I was longing for more of that. And I'm glad to know that I ha- now have something I can go read immediately. I mean, I think the I think that that restaurant was reading toxic to me. 
mm-hmm. toxic workplace. Anyway, there's some bad CGI in this. I think Dexter's kind of fun, but like they show patrons leaving, you know, the booths and they're just kind of like popping out of the booths and just kind of sliding across the floor out the door. Oh, you I got to I got to rewatch this scene. It's pretty bad. As Obi-Wan and Dexter are talking. I forgot is this the scene where the Millennium Falcon is hidden? I know there's this Is there yeah. Is there Yeah, I don't know. Dexter mentions pocketbook in this, which I thought was odd. It's a weird word. It's a you know. There's that's almost as bad as when Baru is referred to as Ben's or I'm sorry, Owen's girlfriend. You should never <laughs> oh, hear yeah. the words pocketbook and girlfriend in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> But Obi-Wan gets the information from Dexter, which is ridiculous that he had to to go there to find out about this strange dart. Like, this dart only comes from one place, which is suspect. Camino. Of course. So he goes Camino, back. right? Yeah, he goes back to, the, uh, back to the Jedi Council where Yoda is instructing the aforementioned younglings. Right. Which is amazing because there's that one alien youngling. I think he goes to the library first. Yes, he does. There's that wide shot of you want to Obi-Wan. Talk, you want to talk about the library first? I'm just saying that there's a wide shot of Obi-Wan sitting in the library disappointed because he can't find this planet, this Camino planet, on the digital maps in that place. And the librarian there, whoever she is, is like, if it's not in our records, man, it ain't existing. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and, and what's her name? Jocasta New, who, who the internet... Years ago, had predicted, as you reminded me, or at least as you saw today, uh, they thought she might be Snoke. <laughs> Unbelievable. So anyway, go ahead. Uh, younglings. Younglings. Yeah, there's that one alien youngling whose mouth doesn't barely move. And when when Yoda has them all say hello, it, it's adorable to watch that awful mouth sort of move. But I like I like that they drop the younglings into this film as a precursor to the next film. And the younglings help out. They kind of, they kind of, Yoda kind of prods them into answering the question that was on the tip of Obi's brain here that the digital map's been messed with. Yeah. I and love these younglings. I'm sure they're going to have nice long lives and rec- like do some really cool shit. Yoda is like very worried that the, that the maps have been messed with. He said only a Jedi could have done this. Only a Jedi could have messed with this and taken Kamino out of the picture. And he, so he tells Obi-Wan to go fly towards a blank space on the map, basically. And he does. Obi-Wan gets in his, his ship and goes. Uh, I don't think Yoda says messed with. That just doesn't sound like something that... He does say it. He says with messed, I think. Is that what, he, what you're no, talking about? No, just like it sounds like, like Yoda's mechanic might say that, but I don't think Yoda would. But I love the fact... I like watching Yoda interact with the kids. Like You see like a bubbly or brighter Yoda. It's cute. It's nice to see him. It's weird. It's weird seeing uh, Obi Wan with like pilot headgear on or whatever he's got it when he's flying. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm not used to it. Um, he's also got a droid named R four in this. Yeah, of course. And he's you know that's sitting on one of his wings. I think he's just like a head droid. I don't think he has a full body. He's just his head. <laughs> it's not. Just, what do you think of R four? He's fine. He's not just a fucking head. How dare you? They, apparently, R four was going to be at the end when they're all tied to the poles. They were going to have. <laughs> R4 tied to one of those poles in the gladiator <laughs> arena. That's what I read today. Maybe as like a sacrifice, like he was going to be, to make matters serious, he was going to be smashed by one of the monsters or something. Good to know. Got to zoom in. So I tell you, there's something that happens then. So they're leaving uh, Anakin and Padme and he's creeping and all that. But I got blown away. The prop department, the production design department, the special effects artisans, the, I mean, everybody else kills it. They are the masters of their work. But whoever was in charge of luggage fucked up. Why? Because they are 
they are carrying just regular old luggage. They didn't even give it like a weird paint color. They just they're carrying luggage. So that took me so far out of the film to see Anakin and Padme walking up with just American touristers. What's got me? Uh, what got me weirded out was Padme's luggage wasn't um, you know ten feet by ten feet, or I'm sorry, ten foot by ten foot, ninety foot by ninety foot. She's got so many clothes changes in this clothing changes yeah she changes every scene yeah. i don't think it's an exaggeration right. she's in something new every scene yeah and here's something i, I was nice to, it was a little not, bit of a clothes horse old padme if i can zoom in real quick yeah that'll make the uh greatest hit real when you like the fabric if you know what i'm talking about so you know you, the people really got crazy about star wars with disney with uh the way that they made you know female prominent female characters and people of color and people you know the the idea that there may be a gay character you know what's funny is this movie the woman in charge of of naboo now is an is an indian actress right right there are it's a multi-colored and cultural the human characters covers the entire gamut in this sure no no attention to that who's front and center though who's front and center so bibble White guys. Oh, okay, well they're the, they're they're the candidate. white males. White males. So everybody's mad about Ray. That's what you're talking. I know, about. but the thing is, is like, it, this didn't start with Disney. I think, I think they did a decent job of of actually populating this the human characters with some variety. Sure, sure. sure. And it doesn't get any credit for that. We see Co Bibble and what he has done in the past ten years is just get cooler. He's let his hair grow out a little bit. Yeah, he's no longer um, with Padme. He's like with this other, the new queen, right? right? Like he's he's her second in command or whatever. And he, like you like you said last episode, he's chill as hell, right? Like he's just, what do you think? We're catching up. He's talking about Newt Gunray. You know, he's barely kind of keeping up with what's going on. You're happy to see him. Yeah, of course. He can't be bothered to turn around in his chair. You know, he'll just turn his head. You know, CO Bibble, it will not be bothered moving his entire body to speak to you. Yeah, it's it's great to see him. You know, I think this is the last we see of that magnificent character. No, I think he's in the next one. Oh, don't get me excited. Yeah, I think he gets the line in every one. That's so good. I hope. It's in the next one, he surveys all the dead Jedi. It goes, and he says, oh, he goes, oh, oh shit. It's like, whoops. Guess. Whoops, Jedi. He goes, mm. yeah, so he doesn't, yeah, he's just, like you said, he's just relaxed. There's not a whole lot of people relaxed in, in this movie, but Seal Bibble manages it. Basically, you just know. him and Jabba. Yeah, Bob, but Jabba's pretty cool. Like he's he's str- he's not stressed out typically. Yeah, the most you ever see him is when he get, he's getting strangled to death. That's when his stress level. But even even then, I bit. don't think his blood even, pressure moved a ton. I think he was like probably reaching for his hookah. Do you think he's got low bl- blood pressure, Jabba? Yeah, huh? yeah. That's Jabba. I wonder if that's like a that's Jabba after like a dieting Jabba or something. You know, like he that's actually he's looking pretty good. He shaved off a few pounds before we met him. Yeah. If we would have saw him a few months ago, whew. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? They had to cut him out of his house. Yeah. <laughs> you just compared CO Bibble to Jabba. I love it. <laughs> it's a mild zoom. But uh, so Obi-Wan goes to Kamino. Anakin and Padme go to. Bad name, by the way, Kamino. Why? Padme, Padme, I said that Padme and Anakin go to Naboo. Another bad name. Her home planet. We were, we were already here. But no, I'm I'm setting. I'm, oh, I'm, you mean they divert to Tatooine? No, not yet. No, no. I'm re I'm resetting. I'm resetting where we are in the. Okay. So 
it's funny because I think I mentioned this to you on the phone. Anakin is the guy who's there to propel the plot. 100%. I'm sorry. I mean, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is there 100% to, to, to move the plot along. Right. Anakin and Padme are playing grab ass. And it's funny because there's these detached scenes of these two starting to get to know one another, enjoying the fruits. She's resistant to him and he's creeping. And then she gets a little bit less resistant. She's starting to have fun. It's very strange. She's, start, she's starting to, um, you know, fall victim to his non charms. Like he's got nothing going. Like he's got no, no charms. But I guess he's cute. You know, maybe that's it. That's all she needs. I think they're they're without any sort of parental supervision for the first time in their lives, too. Yeah, he's he's a huge tryhard in these scenes. He's he's surfing some creature like everybody makes fun of that he's riding a circle he's uh he does that fruit thing he does a little fruit play that's rough cgi fruit and i noticed one thing in this this time watching that scene it, so she he he grabs a he he force grabs a pear off her plate thanks lucas and then he um he really cuts it with a real knife that would have been a cooler thing to do slice it with the force because <laughs> of the knife and then he he force gives it back to her but he gives her the bottom half he keeps the larger half for himself <laughs> i noticed <laughs> what and then she bites it out of air and why it's hovering in air pretty special and natalie portman she's like, like i studied uh acting for many years and it was all leading to this to me to fake eat cgi fruit so yeah, I just like I, I'm uh, maybe I'm the f- first to notice this. There's not much that I'm going to be the first to notice, but he gives her the smaller portion. That's fucked up. One quarter portion. There's a moment where they begin to kiss. They do kiss. Okay. Well, they begin. Most kisses start with the beginning. Their tongues, even. They, 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 I think they swat spit in that scene. And the music swells. Of and then that when they stop kissing, that's the only thing. And the music stops when when she pulls away from him. Yeah, well, she makes sure to get 99% of that kiss before she pulls away. I know, but it's. Did you notice where the music gets bashful and stops when they withdraw? No, I didn't. It I didn't is. It, it's, it's comical. It's, it's really yeah. stunted. You need to rewatch this movie again because, yeah, they're kissing and the music's going nuts. And then she pulls away and the music instantly stops as if like a, a record scratch. Of course. Well, Anakin is. I mean, he's all he's all into that kiss, and then she pulls away, and he's like kind of bummed, but he's he's still excited that he got the kiss because she's like, "We can't do this," and he's like, "Oh, okay," you know, he's all kind of bummed out. And then he uses the force to move the blood back to his brain. <laughs> so Obi Wan arrives on Camino, uh, where they are expecting a dude named Sifo Diaz. They have these Joe, <laughs> the Jedi. yeah, they yeah. have these Joan Allen looking aliens walking around, <laughs> and they are they're cool. You know, and uh, yeah, they're they, excited. They expected Obi Wan. They, they they expect them. They, ex- they don't expect Obi Wan. They expected a Jedi, Sifo Diaz. Okay, they, that's what I'm saying. But were they expected an M? Yeah. What I love a, though a, is what I love is he shows up. They weren't expecting him. They have no idea who he is. Let us show you. No. Let us show show you our secret plans. Here we go. Here's no. A, the, I think no. No. I think that the, that's the thing is they were expect. They think that they're what they're doing is they're doing for the Jedi, and they and they're thrilled to have this this guy pop in see their handiwork they can't wait to show it off yeah, apparently yeah they think, they think they think that it, you know the jedis obviously know about all this shit that's going down meanwhile they're giving him the tour he's like walking through like factory that has like jars and fetuses like millions yeah. of and uh they're there and it's like the matrix and he's just kind of like huh cool oh yeah this is great yeah it ain't no fi- it ain't a 50s diner but it'll do huh 
No, and then of course also taking up refuge on this planet, this floating planet or whatever, this weird ass planet with floating station. Watery planet. Is Django Fett himself. He's the he's the he's the all these all these uh you know, there's a clone army being put together for the Jedi and Django Fett's a daddy. They cloned it off him. Yeah. And he, he had one they said he had one request. They give him they give him an untampered with clone. For for himself, a son, I guess, so to speak. What does he name that son? He calls him Boba. Yeah, and and they made a big deal about Jango Fett before the movie came out because they didn't have a Darth Maul for this one, mm-hmm. so they had to get some cool, you know, tough, cool guy, you know, with neat armor and neat design to come in. So of course they they re it's like we got to keep justifying the Boba Fett popularity, and so we we get to see this little friggin' baby <sighs> Boba guy be a little snotty kid. Dad Tongwee's here. And Obi-Wan comes in and, and the Kaminoan Django Fett comes in. I like Tamara Morrison a lot. Goodness. And his little scene. He has got the, I'm just a simple man trying to make his way in the universe line. Yeah. It doesn't fit the scene the way that they do it. And it's, it's obvious that that's, he was so proud of that line. I remember they had like a poster of him with that quote. Uh-uh. Yeah, when I, it feels like a callback, but is this where that line is born yeah. in this movie? Boba Fett never says it anywhere. No, Boba Fett doesn't have any dialogue. He's like, says yeah. three words in the entire Empire. He doesn't have that etched on the side of his helmet or something. I missed it. No. But yeah, so, um, but what it's cool. That's his big moment. You're right. Like his big, that's yeah. his big line here. It works. It's memorable. There's a neat little square off between him and Obi-Wan where they're testing each other out a little bit. He must say it on the Mandalorian. Maybe that's why. He must say that same line. I bet he does. Say it again that you like the fight. Well, there's there is a fight that 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 um that does happen between Boba Fett or Django Fett and Obi Wan. I do like it. I do like it. It's a little dinky, but it works. Okay. What do you mean um, by dinky? Obi Wan, it's just kind of it's a little rough around the edges, but you know Obi Wan gets his ass kicked a little bit. Like he does a couple cool moves. Like he kicks. Yeah. You know, basically Django Fett's trying to get away with his with his clone. And leave because you know Obi Obi Wan's called back to home base and told on told everybody of this operation, the Jedi Council. So Jango Fett's trying to pick up sticks. Obi Wan tried to stop him, and they got in this huge fight. So yeah, Jango Fett's flying towards him. Obi Wan does this flying kick him, kicks him out of the air. Yeah, knocks his jetpack away, and then the whole time yeah. Boba's there shooting from the ship's cannons at at Obi Wan. He's just got I know yeah a lot of shit going on. He's getting tied up. He's getting well, thrown. Obi Wan gets like hit twice by the by the cannon well, blast he, he jumps away in time but mm-hmm. he hates it he's not loving that fight he gets knocked he he, he gets uh he gets kind of the Django Fett gets the upper hand and ends up getting away with this with you know with slave one we get we finally see the you know an old ship in this slave one because there's a lot of new ships in this yeah. and some of the ships don't work well, i mean me. technically anakin was slave one the, like Anakin's like silvery mirrored ship doesn't really work for me, but I like Obi Wan's ship. That's Padme's ship, and I love it. Is that her ship? Yeah. You you love the silvery ship? Love that ship. Love it. All right, maybe I like it though. If you like <laughs> it, I can't have my own opinion. Sliver of Ray Park and an embryonic Darth, but meantime, CO Bimble takes a rip and says, Hold everything. Some whistles, caterpillars got their ass kicked. Padme's a ride and 
until she sits on Anakin's thing. Well, now come step inside because there's no more silly pod races. Out in the rain, jangle fed no one throw down. Still in braces He's just a clone Because of course Way on down south Look on down south To Tatooine His captured Lars Minus strictly Tuscan Raiders Doesn't want to make an effort to save her And Shmi is worthless to finish A sentence now Anakin arrives to say goodbye And get his swings And Yoda doesn't mind If he slaughters Everything <laughs> His buddies palps They're doing alright And he could kill Sand people like anything Saving it up For the girls and kids It's insulting It's insulting To me And Jedi robes They don't give a damn About any saber Swinging man Cause in this film They're invincible It's insulting It's insulting To rewatch Rewatch
is dooku you like his little it's a weird it's a weird ship for sure it's got like a parachute out front yeah rides the solar winds dooku on that bike at the end that speeder it's incredible actually it's been remastered they obviously got some of the face replacement on christopher lee a little bit less crappy because if you remember yeah it was it was rough yeah so they have the battle and at the same time anakin's having a wet dream about his mom he is he's sleeping topless he's like oh ah, oh oh and then yeah he he hears me crying out for him and he and he it's not just a bad dream he thinks she's really in danger and padme is like fuck let's go let's go let's go see it let's go let's check her out tatooine oh man now we're not supposed to leave let's do it yeah i mean I, I bet you shitloads happened in the last 10 years i bet you they got like a you know a pub or something they arrive on tatooine and it's from here on they've they, they go out of their way to make natalie portman look absolutely ravishing in this movie I don't know if you noticed yeah, she's that. beautiful in this. No, she's beautiful. Um, but um, especially when she's wearing Leia's outfit at the end, like I just like to see. Well, her actually, kind of well, that's that's cute. There's something before that that's even better. But I don't remember. Um, I know. She, well, that's what I'm saying. She got more clothing changes than Picasso got paints. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I can't. Which which minute of <laughs> she really does like she even like changes for like Shmi's funeral. Like she's like, you know, it's like she, I mean, that makes sense. But then before that, there's like about five clothing changes on Tatooine. Wait a minute. You know, I'm a little kneecapped right now. I know I spoiled it. <laughs> Straight up dies. Okay. So the, here's my favorite. There's something that happened uh, when they're in Tatooine that destroyed mm-hmm. me. Um, there's okay. something cuter sound than, than Watt Tambor. So when Watto, no, when they go to see Watto, they pull up in this little chariot. It's like a carriage pulled by a little tiny robot with a wheel. And the noise that that robot makes when he drops him off is so cute. And then you hear it in the background again. It is Trey Adorbs. What about Watto in this? So he, you know, Watto doesn't know who Anakin is. And Watto starts piecing it together. And he's like, Annie? It's like the the best delivery. And it makes me love Watto. How do you not love? Who is a slave owner. I mean, yeah, but... (laughs) He's just trying to make his way in the universe. <laughs> they should have. They should have gave him that line. Yeah, and incredible he, bat. And he's heart. Like he's kind of like heartbroken. Like he's like just loves to see Anakin, which is I mean, that's a huge acting pull by the actor who did Watto because that's Hayden Christensen saying in front of you, bro. You know. <laughs> and then but yeah, and it's then like for a, thirty minutes, he's just staring at Portman, going, "Bad May, bad May." 
So yeah, he, he said, "Oh man, I, I sold Shmi a long time ago, man." But the, luckily, the guy that bought her married her. No, because he uh, even feed her and marry her in that order. Yeah, Anakin doesn't sa- say that. Sounds horrific. That sounds like a nightmare that she had to marry her owner. But Anakin's cool. He's just pointing me in the direction, and well, I was like, "Yeah, I got that. I got that on file somewhere." And yeah. so he poison, points him to the Larses, which is Luke Skywalker's you know future home. Man, you're dropping uh, serious truths. Yeah. But the best is it's not you, you get to meet Owen, you get to meet Baru, but you get to meet Daddy. Kleeg. Uh Kleeg Lars, who is he drops a bomb on Anakin. He says, Man, she's been kidnapped by the Tuscan Raiders. They you know, I've been injured, I can't go after her, they hurt my leg. I'm gonna though. I'm gonna go after her when I heal, but right now I can't quite do it. Even though I think she's dead. She's probably done for kid. But also I I will rescue her once I heal up. Meanwhile, then he's zipping left and right, like it's better than walking in his wheelchair. He's been gone like I think he twenty can, days at this point. By the way, he's already on like uh, Tinder. Like he is <laughs> looking for new wives, new new slaves to 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 buy and marry. He fakes that he's like um, gonna do this rescue attempt. It doesn't seem like he's interested. Well, only four people made it back from the hunting party or whatever. But you know, he didn't make he didn't make Owen with Shmi. There's probably a long line of Kleeg's conquests. We don't know. About Huge it. zoom. Huge zoom. So you're saying that they did try, they did attempt to rescue, and that's when he got hurt? He says that. He says, like, yeah, he, that's how he got hurt, was in the rescue party. So he was walking out of his house, and he shot himself in the leg? Is that what happened? There's, oh, man, guys, go on without me. I, oh, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I thought I had the safety on. And then they see he's got, he's got like, three things circled in the TV guide in his hand. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's already he got a marathon to watch he, that's why and then whenever they whenever anakin brings her dead body back he's like he's all like he's like excuse me and he goes to the bathroom he starts flicking water on his face it's like oh my god is she gone he, he's telling this like the, the, the party's leaving and he's like look when you come back and you bring slavers monthly i uh, <laughs> i need to i need to make a purchase Kleeg. anyway so anakin is like you know what i'm gonna peace out i'm gonna go after myself and he he uh, goes out on his own and he talks to some jawas which is a they have their they have two of their their vehicles Side by side, looking great. Sand what's, crawlers. What's, what's their sand crawlers? Here's the thing about that scene, though, that really pissed me off. George Lucas chooses this time in the film to reprise Duel of the Fates. Yeah. So they're playing Duel of the Fates while he's riding around on a on a scooter looking for his mom. I don't mm. understand the logic of that because one of the things that's always been the the case with Star Wars is mm. the use of those themes in specific parts, like Leia's theme or Vader's theme or the Imperial March. All those all those musical mo- motifs have very specific places in the films where they fit. And they're used to great success in all the other movies. Yet they play Duel of the Fates while he's on a speeder bike looking for his mom. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's the turning point, man. Like So, like, this is, you know, don't forget, right before he he hops on that bike, Padme is like, don't go, or whatever she's doing. He's like, I got to. And then they, you know, they show this, the shadows against the, the homestead, and, and the shadow looks like Darth just Vader. Just like the teaser you know, poster Luke, for the first film. Yeah, Lucas is like, mm-hmm. I'm getting but to if it, you guys. Look, don't worry. He, he didn't look like Darth Vader down around the groin, though, in that reflection, if you remember. And um, he's like, I'm off to rescue my mommy in a very weird, like, you know, the shots, like the, the shots of him flying toward the camera. He does. He goes, he cuts a lightsaber wound in one of the huts, goes through it, <laughs> and there's Shmi it? hanging on. <laughs> there's, there's Shmi hanging on some kind of cross, tortured. She got wounds on her face. She looks absolutely haggard. She has got 20 and, days of beatings on her. And Owen, Anakin cuts her down and he starts going, Mommy, I'm here. 
and uh, she's like, oh, I love you, Annie. And she can't get it out. Remember, she keeps saying, she's trying to say, I love you. I'm happy to see you. What have you been up to? What's going on? You know, like, her last tell me words all about are, it. I love. Yeah, she can't, she can't say it twice. And then she immediately dies. Like, he kind of rescues her, and she dies. He got there just in the nick, you know? Actually, was, he, there was no point from getting there. Who cares, you know? She looks like shit. And then. And then he's and he's fine. He's like, man, this sucks. I'm sorry. Um, he says to the Tuscan Raiders, "My mom just died in your care. You know, I'm I'm sorry to bother you guys." First of all, cool? first time I've ever seen uh, infant sand people, and I love them. Also, of course, so cute. First time seeing their pets, and I love them. Of course, they're wrestling over like a bone or a toy. I, I wanted them to win. And they don't. Anakin brought his lightsaber with him, and he said, "Let me uh, do some batting practice." <laughs> and he cuts through a couple Tusken Raiders, and um, then you find out later that he cut through all the Tusken Raiders in that village, yeah. including the men, and w- women, and children, and dogs. He said he also was so angry he cut through uh, their bedding, <laughs> some of the food that they were eating. He their, cut slice those in half. Their photo albums are tattered now. I fucked them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, weapons gone. He split everything. Were there any banthas lying around hoping to kill any banthas? And then Shmi wakes up. She's like, "What happened? What are you? What are you doing?" He actually oh, accidentally sure. cut her up too. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, while this is going on, Obi Wan is has thrown a tracking device onto the Slave One, and there's a really cool scene out in space where they have their gauging combat above Geonosis. Right, and the seismic charges are one of the coolest things I've seen in Star Wars. I think so too, and they're, and that's you know that's Boba Boba Fett's weapon, and uh, they have a cool sound, and they're reused on the Mandalorian. Yeah, they're so cool. I'd, I'd forgotten them from this, but they are cool. Obi-Wan dodges them, though. Like COVID. And, uh, yeah, and he's he's good. Like in that fight, you know, the scene, he's pursuing them, but he gets the, you know, the tables are turned. He, he ends up getting uh, shot at, you know, kind of his ship gets damaged, and he has to hide on an asteroid. He also has to jettison his spare parts, which I didn't know was an option in Star Wars. Yeah, he jettisons his spare parts because they have a heat-seeking missile. Yeah, coming right out of it. I do. I, I really like that, that that scene. So do I. And I love the fact that Obi Wan has to, has a small class uh, ship, and he has to use this this ring to to do hyperspace. That's kind of cool too. And then he goes down to Genosis, and then back to let's go back to Tatooine though, because uh, morning is broken, as the good man once said, and Anakin shows up with he has mummified Shmi. He's wrapped her up. Cats. Talking about cats, yeah. <laughs> he he has mummified that little lord, and he is he's like, look, Cleek, I found your babe. Time to bury her. And so they do, and they and uh, who has who has some words? Cleek, Cleek says some stuff, who, and then Anakin says some stuff. Anakin says some stuff, and then Watto and comes that, over and says, "I slave." And Anakin confesses to Padme that man, he really sliced up that village in anger, and she's like, "It's cool, man." I mean, and he goes there, and he and he does that thing where he admits something that's horrible, but then he tries to give himself an out, and he's like, "I killed the men, women, and children." And he goes, "But they're animals. I think they're animals, and I hate them." And so Padme's on board. She's like, but "When yeah, he says I hate them, and it's it's yeah. it's so hard boiled." She's like, "It's cool, man. You're it's fine. You know, they are animals. I don't care what you did. Let's get let's get this marriage going." Should we get married today? Is that weird on your mom's funeral the same day? Should we should we wait a couple of days? You know, I like the fact that uh, he he also promises that to her that he's never going to fail again. He promises her. 
and he proceeds he, pr- he proceeds to only fail for the rest of his entire life. Remember what he tells her? Like uh, he's he's in agony when he's with her. Yeah. Like I can't. He's I'm in agony next to you. Like all the time. He's like saying, "This is like George Lucas, probably thinking of his old high school girlfriend or something." As he's writing this shit, Marsha was his wife. Was so man. Isn't she an editor on Star Wars? I don't know. She edited their marriage though, for sure. I'm just like, just date you guys. What the hell? You know, come on, let's just get this going. It doesn't have to be this hard. Obi Wan is eavesdropping on Geonosis, so he lands his, his he goes down there to find Django. But instead, he finds Wat Tambor. So he does. He hears Wat Tambor's cute little musings. Yeah, and and so he hears that whole like Jedi, whatever the the, the I guess it's not the Jedi Council there. It's like the uh, the separatists. The, the what are they separatists. called? Separatists. What do they call those guys from we'll call, opposite the Justice League? Legion of Doom. We'll call them the Separatists because that's what they are. And so okay. it's it's Count Dooku, it's the Geonosians, it's uh, mm-hmm. Wat Tambor, it's Newt Gunray, it's that whole cadre. And right. so in the span of like 15 minutes, Obi-Wan Kenobi has discovered the clone army and the robot army. Yep. Literally the two factions, he discovers both. It's wacky. And this, this is when the movie starts getting good for me here. I mean, Watt Tambor strolls in, love it. And then the rest of the movie I kind of like after this. It's a little clunky, but I still like it. I, I don't mind Dooku as much. I thought Dooku kind of sucked. My brother-in-law was saying, what a disappointment. Like after Darth Maul, like Count Dooku's kind of the bad guy here. And what a disappointing action figure. You get this like 70-year-old, 75-year-old Jedi action figure. Um, With the worst Not name. as cool as Darth, and a terrible name, Count Dooku. Even Count is bad. <laughs> you know, but you know, it turns out that isn't Count Dooku Yoda's Padawan? Didn't Yoda bring him up? Yeah, because this universe Yoda is twelve up. inches long in terms of continuity. Like everybody's, <laughs> everybody's on top of everybody, not in a good way. Shit's starting to happen, right? Obi Wan, of course, gets captured, but his beacon gets gets out to the Jedi Council, and the Jedi is decide to descend upon Geonosis. And Anakin and Padme are told to stay put, but guess who doesn't listen to shit? So they Padme. they actually beat the Jedi's to Geonosis, and they they have droids. They brought three PO and R two. So they stole three PO basically from the Kleegs from Kleeg Lars because I don't remember him handing over three PO as a gift. They just stole that bitch. Well, that's Anakin's Anakin's creation because you know that in C three PO. I asked you last one: Did Anakin just reassemble reassemble three PO? And you said no. And then in this one, three PO calls him the Maker. Right. Calls Anakin the Maker, which is which is disappointing to me, but. Yeah, and th- so I said the movie gets good. That's that's incorrect because we're about to hit a very long scene that's like a platformer. Exactly, like a, as, as, platformer. and that's why I was trying to get you to come correct because, yeah, you're wrong. So Anakin and Padme tell the robots to stay at the ship. They're off on their adventure. And then the robots... Robots don't listen. The robots don't yeah. listen, but there's a scene where the, like Anakin and, and Padme are like hauling ass into this thing into the, towards this droid factory sequence. Droids caught up. They're right there next to them. So... Everybody like they got super speed. Everybody's got superpowers in this shit. And then there's that yeah, platforming scene, which is an abyss, an abyss to look it's at. Bad, yeah, it's bad news. Like uh, Padme falls into she fall both. Don't they both kind of fall down into some kind of? Oh yeah, he gets his hand impaled into and... this machinery. She yeah. she falls into a, a smelting vat. Three PO falls and sucks. And then R2 decides to start flying. Well, R2 pushes 3PO into that mess. Then he gets decapitated and all sorts of... Yeah, he gets switched out. His, head, his head's getting... Uh, gets put on one of the, the droids, the whatever, the droid army, you know, the, one of those guys. And then on his... I don't know. It's just a whole mess. And 3PO's being ridiculous, saying dumb stuff. 
Three PO does have a great line in this, though. I will give him. Let's that. hear it. We'll get there. Anyway, so they go through this whole mess and they get caught. This whole thing is to, for Lucas to show off a bunch of CGI effects, basically. I do like how the Geonosian creatures talk with like bubbles, like the alienation creatures do. So yeah, they are um, all captured and they are about to be set for an execution. Now I like it. Now I like it. The okay. movie again. I like this whole sequence of uh, sequence of events. Okay, so they're about to go, and then Padme confesses her love, her deep deep love for Anakin as they're about to be led out to their doom. And and it's like, yeah, we get it. He's done literally nothing to deserve this other than be with you and be completely stalkerish on you. Let's set the scene. Yeah, Let's it, set the scene where the arena. So they're in an arena and they get tied. Uh, the three of them get Obi-Wan's already there and he's already tied to this big pole. And then they tie Padme and Anakin in the same way to these these pillars. And, you know, Obi-Wan's like, what took you guys so long? You know, it's trying to be cute. But then the worst I've got a bad feeling about this is delivered in, in Star Wars history. Of course. Which is at a weird moment because they're tied to poles and these creatures are being released to kill them. And that's when he drops it. I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah? Really? I bet those creatures have names, by the way. Of course they do. Ackley. That's right. A Reek and a Nexu. Right. Yeah. And they all, so each, each one of our heroes gets paired with a, a monster to kill them. And, it, you know, Padme gets like the tiger one. Obi-Wan gets the, 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 the crustacean one. Anakin gets like that. What? Rhinoceros one. Yep. Which one do you think is reek out of those three? Let's just, the actual is the one with the long legs. I know that. Okay. What's the other two names? Next two and reek. I'll say the reek is the uh, cat like thing. Yeah. Cause we need it. You're right. What do you say? The next two was the cat like thing. Nailed it. How do you know? I remember the accolade now because I remember I remember the art of book or whatever. Mm-hmm. That name reminded me of that video game accolade that I love so much. There's a very Ray Harryhausen element to like some of the arena combat stuff where they think of these some of the angles of and wrote down the same note. Purposeful, I imagine. Oh, 100 percent Of and works. Of course, there's a Wilhelm scream in this one, just like there's a Wilhelm scream in the previous one. And Doku's up there, Doku is up there watching all this stuff happen. So what happens is these monsters are released. Padme, you know, immediately gets out of her handcuffs, starts craw- crawling up, or at least part of it, and crawling up the pillar. And they're all like doing dodging moves from these monsters, you know, and Dooku up there watching all this unfold, not really giving a shit. Like he's just kind of like, all right. And everybody's kind of freaking out a little bit that the heroes aren't getting killed, but Doku don't give a F yep. flying F. Yep. That's because all according to plan, yeah, he's it's all going yep. according to plan. And then they start to and, turn the tables on these creeps. Anakin yep, starts riding the one of these bastards. Padme jumps mm-hmm. down, breaks her ovaries open, landing on this creature's back. She gets sliced in the back. Yep. By uh, her creature, man. Yep. Whew. Looks like a Hoyts. And so then, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they had Anakin riding that creature because it looks so effortlessly natural. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, everybody's um, watching. You know, the, the new Obi-Wan's rolling around in the dirt. Like, he can't stop rolling around in this movie. He's just rolling around in the dirt, dodging claws, rolling around, rolling around, rolling around. He's great, though. I love, I love, yeah. I love you. And like, he, he's still fun. Yeah, he's fun. He's great. Yeah, I do like him. And anyway, they, so. they defeat these creeps. Django Fett is actually dispatched to go down there and help, but but not before what happens. Who's who shows up? Get, well, that's the thing is they get surrounded. They they win, but then they lose. They get surrounded. They're about to, you know, and, and Duke is like, look, join us. That's all you got to do. And they're like, no way. And they're like, all right, kill him. And so they're about to get killed, right? Mm-hmm. But then the Jedi show up with the clone army, the, the army that they didn't know they had. They show up and they start fighting the robot army in their arena. It's a big fight scene. Mace Windu's there. I forgot that Mace Windu got a big move in this. Yeah. A big kill. Oh, Yoda has his clunkiest line of dialogue in the entire saga. 
You, you know, say it. Yeah, no, around the me. survivors, a perimeter create. Get to the point, Yoda. Jesus, <laughs> you know, cut us a break. But yeah, so Django decides to go down there, and him and Mace Window have words. Window does a running uh, lightsaber, bloom, bloom, blop, blop, and then decapitates old Django Fett. They, and Django Fett doesn't survive it. He does not. He doesn't. Darth, Darth Maul, Darth, maybe, you know, Darth Maul, he could have, Darth Maul survives his uh, cut in half thing, but the decapitation, oof. Yeah. And Boba's like, well, eh, I'm fatherless. And then meanwhile, 3PO's out there, like, getting dragged around saying, this is such a drag. I'm beside All myself. All this crazy stuff. I'm sad myself, but the best is he does get a good line. Let's hear it when he because his head is on one of the battle droids that's firing at the Jedi, and he has no control. And at one point, though, he says, <laughs> he "says die Jedi die," which gets a, I imagine it has to get a pretty big laugh. It got a laugh from me. Hard disagree. Then he corrects him. He goes, "What am I doing? You know, like why am I saying?" Yeah, I'm it? glad. I'm glad you got caught up in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you don't like it? I hate it. And then, you know, there's this little space and ground combat, like, you know, sky and ground combat. Shit's going on. Some of the Jedi are dying, but we're also getting introduced to some new Jedi, like Kit Fisto up in here and the smiling Jedi, as you as you, as yeah. he's known, as you said. And then a couple other ones. And you get to see a lot of lightsabers being trolled around. Yeah. This, I, this I, and there's one guy who gets iced by Django and then he falls to his death, which I guess we won't be seeing more of him. Yeah, his last name was like, his first or last name was like Coleman. I looked him up. <laughs> Coleman? And Coleman or something. Yeah. Let me see if I can get his name. <laughs> I don't think his name is That'd Coleman. That'd be cool. Like Eddie Coleman? Coleman Trebor. Trebor or Trebor. His first name's Coleman. He gets killed. Anyway, so some of the Jedi is taking a loss, and uh, but they're winning. And it's turn- at this point, this movie's turned into a cartoon, like a CGI cartoon. But I think it's a pretty cool-looking cartoon. It's better than the last big battle in Phantom Menace, I think. Every once in a while, they cut to like our three heroes in a ship, and it's a little disconcerting because there's just so much cartoon going on at that point. But Dooku busts ass. He's out. As soon as Django's dead, he's like, oof, I got to get out of here. And he does. He hops on his little bike. And rips he rips ass he rips he's he's gone he's out of here you know yeah there's a there's a there's some very away. Game of Thrones music cues during these sequences mm-hmm. it's kind of fun actually to hear some of his stuff because it had to inspire Raman Jawadi because it's almost unmistakably mm-hmm. similar and then Padme they they're in a ship they're chasing Dooku and then Padme falls out they get kind of hit and she falls out of their little transport with someone else and and anakin's like stop the transport we gotta save padme and obi's like fuck padme he's like so gotta, he's like yeah i did we gotta chase dooku he's like remember your i don't know assignment remember your what you're supposed to do you know the code man your that. vows and anakin's like all right let's go they have a confrontation in a, in a hangar with dooku who's trying to leave trying to skedaddle a huge fight they get owned big time Obi-Wan gets lightsabered twice. He gets hurt. He can't perform. He gets something dropped on him. And then Anakin gets, uh, at first, they actually, Anakin goes right in for the kill. He's like, I'm, and he gets zapped by that, you know, dark side lightning. Yep. He has, takes him a minute to recover. Obi-Wan then gets hurt. And then he runs to Obi-Wan's rescue, saves his life. Then he gets his hand sliced off, yep. which I totally forgot about. That's a family trait. He's like, ouch. And then they're both, him and Obi-Wan are like, man, this sucks. And Yoda steps in to, to clean it up. But he doesn't. He does. He fights Dooku and he starts going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> starts twirling, whirling all over the place. What do you think of that fight? It was a big deal in the, in the theater. It's cute. I kind of liked it this time. I remember it being a letdown in the theater, but I enjoyed it. Yoda's a sourpuss in this. And I, I love it. Not with the younglings. 
You could see his it. heart's he's getting a... broken because he sees Anakin sucking, like being a total yep. shit. Yeah, and he hates it. He's like, well, Qui Gon's. Oh, he's gone. So Anakin Yoda stepping out of the shadows like Luke does, and um, and uh, Last Jedi, both with green lightsabers, even. But Dooku, Dooku's like, fuck, I got to get out of here. Yoda's more powerful than me. I, I got to get. So he makes stuff fall on the on like this big pillar fall on our two other heroes. And Yoda has to save him. He has to make a decision. Should I force save them or kill Dooku? And he has to, he saves And them. then he's, he's Yoda. the hero he's cool shows up. He's running to a ship and then he trips over R4's head and dies. <laughs> you think Yoda, like, he seems like he got Spidey sense a little bit in this. Did you get that sense? No. I know it's the force, but. He's always like he always knows what's going on. He always knows that's bad news. He doesn't. When he doesn't thinks, know shit. He doesn't know that Anakin. He doesn't know Sidious. He doesn't know that, but he knows almost everything. He doesn't else. know that Anakin's getting laid and and that he's not listening to shit. He doesn't. Yeah, he's stopped. He's he's fucked. He doesn't know Anakin's getting laid. Are you kidding me? I bet he knows. <laughs> yeah. So that wraps it up. Like so, we have this. Um, there's this little coda where we see. Remember at the end of Phantom Menace, we got Co Bibble holding a ball. In this one, we got Anakin and Padme holding each other's hands with his new fake ass hand. Yeah, you know the, yeah, they're getting married. They're getting married R, by R, who's the I don't know. R two's the best man. Three PO's the maid of honor. I have I have the same thing. R two's the best man. Yeah, I said C is C three PO or R two the best man, and which is the ring bearer. I said you know three PO's the maid of honor for sure. But here's the thing: who was marrying them? That has to have a character name. You I wasn't know, even paying attention to the jerk. Is it a droid? That'd be great. Is it Jimmy Smits? No, it's not Bale. Not, no, not his character. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, uh, Obi-Wan's like, hey, okay. we, we triumphed. Oh, Agalurga. It was Agalurga. Of course. <laughs> Who's that? Is that? Tell, spell it for me. A-G-A? A-G-O. A-G-O. L E R G A. That's it. I got a new theory, by the way. All right. Is that wait? That's that's Agalurga. Snoke. Snoke. <laughs> you, you undercut me. Yep. Oh, he's <laughs> a human dude. Yeah, Agalurgus. Look at him. Oh man, he dressed for the occasion, didn't he? Oh fuck me with this guy. Let's see, Agalurga. I'm gonna put it. Agalurga action figure. Let me see if there is one. You just have, you know, it's simple. There's a recipe online. You just have to make it yourself. It's a recipe online. You just got to melt the old Obi Wan figure. All you need is a 3D printer and dark dread, <laughs> soul crushing dread. That's all you need. Those two things. I wonder if he has a theme. It's like uh, William's doing. Here comes the bride, but like you know, a little, you know, a little um, epic. Here comes the bride. Agalurga about to be. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has a name, Nick. Everything. Who's the actor that played Agalurga? I think it, I'm going to put it. Agalurga actor. I hope. Um, well, he's old during the, the this movie. So. Yeah, he's he's done. I'm sure. Because I thought it'd be great during the, the CGI celebrations they added to the end of Return of the Jedi, if we could see Agalurga celebrating on Naboo. <laughs> Agalurger. He, uh, he, you just see him, you just see him rip open a, he's like popping a beer open on his couch. <laughs> and then you see Co Bibble like take a huge hit, take a huge hit off that vape. That's how he celebrates the defeat of the Empire. 
He's a pont. He's a pontifex of the Brotherhood of Cognizance, and his first name—that's his last name. His first name is Maxiron. Max Iron. Max Iron. Old Max. Is it Max Iron's Jeremy son? That's the actor, right? Could There's be. an actor named Max Irons, I think. Is that true? He's the only witness to the merit of oh, the only witnesses to so the droids and him. Yeah, man, that guy killed that scene. I mean, that's the thing. He crushed it. Yeah. He has a one taker. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's how good he well, was. Well, Lucas only lets the actors have one or two, so it makes sense. Yeah. By the way, Blue Anakin off the screen, Agalurga. So later shows up in the trash compactor. <laughs> <laughs> What is that thing called? The trash compactor. No, the monster. And the trash compactor? Dinoga. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think about. It. I was gonna say Luke. Paul Simon did that. What? Song for this that they cut out. You can call me Al Galurga. <laughs> uh, he did. He did date Carrie Fisher. Zoom in. He did. did he? he did. Yeah. Now he's married to Edie Burkell. Come on now. We know this. I thought it was crass after the credits when. The Jedi Council asks where Anakin is, and uh, Obi Wan says he's exploring the outer rim. And then they cut to the bedroom, and he's salad eating. Agalurga's officiating that as well. Agalurga's like, huh, one pump chump. <laughs> A right, little to pump. the left, sexual Anakin. <laughs> sexual Anakin? <laughs> Is that <laughs> Look, you're floating around uh, a few mm-hmm. parsecs away, stumbling into a dive, and sure enough, there's a tattoo parlor there. And it's your turn to get something from Attack of the Clones put on your person. Yep, Agalurga's on me, so what are you doing? <laughs> I, I need to know how and where. You put them right on my collarbone, just right there. You know, I'm going to make it hurt to put on me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get him there, and he's, and he's standing up, but he looks like he's... Laying down on my collarbone, you know? What do you think? Fantastic. Well, Aguilar. Do you think it was messed up when Anakin was like, instead of saying, I do, fucked up, he said, poo <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So I'm getting Aguilar. He said, I'm about to about do. You? So I have uh, on my back a perfect reproduction of Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man portrait. Mm-hmm. Except sure. except it's Shmi Skywalker. And I've detailed all of the areas where she has been beaten. So you see all of her many 20 days worth of sand, sand crawler wounds. So it's pretty hot. It's pretty great. You get to see where it's like, a, it's almost like the a forensic medical examiner's drawing of a decedent, except it's done all stunningly like that. And Shmi's like completely beat out, you know, it's just like each, each, each injury signifies another day that Klieg didn't show up. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here we go again. <laughs> Another Shmi tattoo. I gotta hear about. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Speaking of, do you think there is a Shmi tattoo? Is there a Shmi? <laughs> you can't get it out like her last words. You can't get it out. No, I'm looking. Shmi Skywalker tattoo. Probably, he, Anakin's probably in it, but I bet she. I bet there's like a uh, dual character tattoo someone has. I don't, if if it was done, it didn't make its way to the internet. Thank God. Oh, so <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody <laughs> does have a tattoo, though. You know, like at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, when uh, Vader's the top half of his helmet's off, and it's you know the bald. Yeah. Well, somebody has sure. one of that, but it's Steve Buscemi's head. <laughs> Are you kidding? Not kidding. 
<laughs> Pretty great. I'm astounded. I guess I'm not astounded, but it, there's so many people that have tattoos of of Anakin, both young and and regular Anakin. I know. Well, he's an important figure and character. He was. But yeah, I'm I'm looking up um, Watto tattoos. That's for sure. That's got to happen. That's in here, and also Mace Windu tattoo. What? No Watt Tambor tats. Of course not. See a bibble? So the film has ended, and um, you have been uh, tasked with delivering a stinger to the end of the movie. A little extra scene. Yeah. What did you put out there? So mine's easy. Uh, I've got some some leader in the universe with one of those glowing ball prizes that Bibble dispensed, and and uh, some one of those luminaries is no. is bestowing a person with this award. There's a million people in the crowd. They're all cheering and shit, and they're like, "Who is this guy?" And then they hand him a crate load of, of credits. It's like, "Man, you won the ultimate prize. Who are you?" And it turns out he's the guy that designed the R two units. I'm like you were supposed to just make a robot that could, you know, help pilot an X-wing or something, and you went nuts. You got oil slew, you got kung fu, you got jets. You're the best. And he's like, "Oh, you haven't seen shit." Well, just wait. I got an, a lightsaber ejector in this little mud. Yeah, it's a 12-hour ceremony in real time after the credits. What I could do is a little teaser. I, I only think I can think of, and this isn't. This is going to be such a letdown. But we didn't talk about two things really. We didn't talk about Bell Organa portrayed by. Jimmy Smith. We've said enough. And there's a scene where he shows up. He rolls onto the scene. He's got this weird, like, just turtleneck. Like, everybody else in the, you know, they don't, he's the only one in this movie, I believe, that's rocking a turtleneck that looks like it's made out of, like, macrame almost. It's very, and so I just have him just back in his room, kicking himself, doubting his clothes choice for that day. (laughs) You know, did I mess up? Is this not intimidating? Is this, you know, should I have gone with? You know, something a little more slimming. Yeah, that's what I do. Just have him talking through his clothing options and regretting his choice. Um, yeah, that's appropriate response. <laughs> You've been greenlit. Money has changed into escrows, and you got all the do- all the coins to do a sequel to Attack of the Clones. Now, this is going to take place, be- obviously, between that and Revenge of the Sith, I'm guessing. Maybe, sure. maybe not, but what would you do? Maybe before the Clone Wars, even, because Clone Wars, really, there's a lot going on there, too. What would I do for a sequel? Perfect. It's identical to Revenge of the Sith up until the moment where she tells him she's pregnant. And then the rest of the film is him laying next to her in bed, trying to force force collide eggs and sperm and shit. He's trying to get the baby pregnant in there. <laughs> He's like, <"Could> I... <laughs> I wish uh, Obi-Wan would explain the birds and the bees to my man. Yep. Never did. Never got to it. Yeah, that's embarrassing. So this is the sequel, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's make sure. So mine would like the camera would zoom. And then he he also start. he also uses the force to speed up the baby's pubes. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so we're back on Tatooine. The camera's moving. It's the beginning of the movie. It's moving past the Lars's residence. You know, past the Jawas over all this desert into the smoldering once village. This you know all these dead. Tuscan Raiders, everything's aflame. Like it's been burned. It's already like burned to rubble. In the middle is a, a figure kneeled down with ash in his, his fingers, and he's like kind of sifting through it. Got a mullet. Oh, Chance Boudreau. On the crime scene the on the crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> From Hard Target doing the work. And he goes, My Mothma took one. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think. That's how it kicks off. 
Sans Boudreau, um, you know, a little crossover, but starred target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's got to bring Anakin to justice. That'd be incredible if Van Dam was. Hey, Dad. Van Dam. Dad, John Woo's yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Drop him into space. Hopefully, he's dressed exactly the same. Of course. Oh, so good. Chance Boudreaux does not sound like a bad Star Wars name to me. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. You have been tasked with uh, coming up with a business associated with Attack of the Clones. Money's there. How do you spend? I mean, I told you that that Yoda figure had that chair that came with yeah. him, right? The other Jedis that you can buy from the Jedi Council, like Mace Windu and those other pieces of pile, whatever they're called, they don't come with those chairs. Caddy, so I would. Caddy on Monday? Yeah. <laughs> and I would just sell loose those loose chairs that you can buy, and then you can set your you can cut you can create your own you know Jedi Council. You think, well, why not just buy that Yoda figure over and over again, get that chair? But Yoda had, a, I believe, had a smaller chair than maybe Mace Windu right. would need. So I would just sell custom fitted, correctly ass imprinted yeah. action figure like, chairs. Yeah, like a, the Jedi like Council, custom made for Plo Koon. Yeah, mm-hmm. did Plo Koon sit on the Jedi Council? Yeah, that that's done. Nailed it. What are you doing? So I have done sort of a Chuck E. Cheese style business, and I'm already uh, bankrupt. It was called Jedi Arena. It was the name of the pizza place with all the animatronics and all that. And I, I had a the, the schematics were perfect. I sent everything out. Had a great concept. The menu was done. The creatures, all that was good to go. But I didn't supervise it well. I was basking in my glory, getting excited for the grand opening. Was bit, you know, hobnobbing with local luminaries and the engineer behind the project misread it. We unveiled it, and uh, the centerpiece was an animatronic Jedi called Kid Fisto. When the when they cut the you know they cut the ribbon, and people just swarmed into the place, and they see this. Uh, it, it's it looks like Oliver Reed lying down with a giant finger rocket. Um, yeah, they shut me down pretty quick. It sounds like it would have been a good business. Yeah, I mean, shit, you talking about like Star Wars? I mean, mm-hmm. look at Galaxy's Edge, just nailing it. You're in the movie. Look, you've been added to Attack of the Clones. What shape does your performance take? I'm Watto Jr. <laughs> I'm helping Dad around the shop. You're happy to see Anakin too. I was just a baby when when Anakin was around. You know, I just that's who I am. I'm just Watto Jr. Just messing, just messing around, trying to in the family business. Maybe not as skilled as Anakin was, but still trying to help out. You know, got my little pod racer thing. I'm trying to build. I'm just cool. I'm just cooling it on Tatooine. Are you flying? Looking handsome. I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I'm handsome. Like he, I'm a handsome version of Watto. Mm-hmm. I'm beautiful. And in everybody, you know, and that's the thing in this movie. Did you notice when Anakin walks into that bar at the beginning, all the ladies are turning their heads. Like he's a hot number times two for me on Tatooine. Like every time I fly into any place, they like Tordarians. Yeah. Oh yeah. They don't, but I'm so pretty. Huh. Yeah, I'm so damn good. I'm so damn pretty that, and even my even my blue my blue color is a little different than than Daddy's. Mm-hmm. I'm ripped. <laughs> I'm jacked. I'm a jacked. I look kind of like a handsome version of water that's ripped and jacked. I'm humble too. That's the thing too. That's what everybody likes. I'm a good mixture of beauty and humble. Uh, maybe you uh, spend a little less time in the gym. <laughs> so I'm the Malachili to these arena creatures. Oh no. So I. It has been my job to make sure that their very meticulous diets are tended to. The pH mm-hmm. balance in their water is very specific. You have to be very careful. Two of the creatures sure. come from planets with different gravity, so I got to adjust for that. I love these beasts. I've I've 
you know, and I thought on Geonosis, they were just going to be there as a wild game preserve. Little did I know they were going to immediately send them out there to be slaughtered. I, I'm standing behind the cave watching this shit unfold, just losing my business. I'm, of course. And of course, I look weird. I'm, 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 a, I'm a creature, you know? So, of course, the Jedi show up and instantly dispatch me just thinking I'm one of the Geonosians. I'm a, a, a pacifist. Uh, one of the galaxy's most prominent animal rights activists, and I am slayed, slayed at where I stand by Shakti. Oh, no. Shakti puts me under. Yeah. What's your name? Do you have a name? Spasrisht. Are you shirtless like Malakili too? Do no, you no, take it that no, far? No. I'm wearing uh, a dental dam. <laughs> I, I look like a regular bald guy, but I just got a tongue that goes all the way down my back like a zipper. It's very cool. They re- they slice right through that, though. Huh? Oh, I'm done. I'm done. All right. Look, you're floating on an island. You've been there for all these many years. You've collected debris from all these films, and now it's time for you to take something from Attack of the Clones. Okay, I, that's what I'll take. There's a scene when Obi-Wan, you know, he goes into, he's on Camino, and, he, and these kind aliens or whatever they are, those long-necked, Joan Allen looking things as you as you say they one of them walks him into this room and introduces him Obi-Wan to the leader of the Joan Allens and these <laughs> these white ladle like chairs drop Is, from the ceiling you know what I'm talking, talking about, about? and these like these spoons like these kind of like these yeah like they look like ladles and Obi-Wan just can't wait to sit in there uh, he's 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 all comfy on the ladle I I just draw I I take one of those ladles as like one, as my beach chair. So I'm taking the uh, Rick series rickshaw, the RIC at 920 uh, labor droid to my island. The little cute transpo that right. had the cu- cutest sound I could ever imagine. Okay. Uh, twice, and that hmm. little dude is my pilot. I, I, he, your chauffeur. My yeah, I sit, I sit in the rickshaw, listen to his beeps, and I am, I take him on a tour of my myriad of interesting uh creations and captures and, quote and unquote I, interesting yeah and i will uh, you know i'll show him hey let's go over here to this little thing and i'll show him one weird thing or another i've desensitized myself to his dry heaves i've you've you ever heard a robot dry heave yes yeah so I, I he does he's sick into his stomach but whatever he's a fucking robe and i just let him guide me around that thing clicking and grunting and cuting it out and I am just, you know, the carnage is offset by his beautifulness. Just a, something about the smell of his oil and the and and Georgie on the rocks just turns me out. <laughs> well, 